Ha ha ha, Henry beats the Jets. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are for Henry breaking the single game rushing record, but this is a week where he might actually like have to do that. And it's the Jets, but I mean, this is the Derrick Henry week of all Derrick Henry weeks. <laughs> you better believe it. I hope so. That'd be pretty great. Tennessee Titans talk. Jets week. The Titans are two and one. Big fella, what's the line on Titans Jets? It, it, right now, the line sits at six and a half. We're favored by. Normally, we talk about three points for the home team. I don't know if the Jets deserve three points, but uh, I, I think six and a half is pretty strong spread. Landon, I went to Jets Titans and Titans Stadium. I think seven seasons ago, we were both on our way to, I think, three and 13 seasons. We've been to four or five playoffs since then. They're still as bad as they were, and they they had a couple of almost mediocre seasons under a very underrated Todd Bowles. They're still as bad. Could you imagine the Titans just being, as long as we've been at least decent, that bad? The Jets last year really should have had the number one overall pick, even with them openly selling the game against the Raiders where they just let Henry Ruggs score a touchdown. And they're somehow worse. Now, part of that is injuries. They signed Carl Lawson. Tragically, he got hurt before the year even started. Mikai Becton, their one good offensive lineman, got hurt. Elijah Moore has been banged up. And they're starting a rookie quarterback. And it's just their offense, they're averaging six points a game. They haven't scored in the past, like, six six quarters of football. And the offense just looks so bad. And it really just comes down to they invest a lot in quarterbacks. They don't do a good job of building around him. The quarterback fails because he's been let down. He doesn't have talent. He gets broken. And then they have to repeat. Like with Sam Darnold, they traded three second rounders to move up and draft him. They didn't do anything to help him. So they just gave up three second rounders, which could have rounded out the team with the third quarterback taken. And this slight guy get beaten up more evilly. They let Adam Gase coach Sam Darnold for a couple years. (laughs) So Sam Darnold was the worst quarterback in the NFL the worst one to start last year anyway statistically and he's uh nfl average now john which to go from the 32nd best to the 16th best is really something Lana makes a really good point of systematically how they've been bad for this long but i'm not asking this rhetorically john how are they still this bad this long i think collectively we all expect new york football new york um sport fan bases, you know, their team is expected to win. I mean, there's that strong era of the Yankees forever. And then you've got the Giants who've, you know, they've been to some Super Bowls of the recent. So you expect things to be on the up and up. And when I think of the Jets, I think of the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. And I mean, that's a highlight. So they've had a really tough time, I think, getting a coach. I mean, obviously, I think in a big market like that, there's a lot of extra pressure on the coaches and the players that maybe we don't feel in a smaller market like Nashville. I mean, they've traded great players out of there. When they've drafted other players to go there, it's career suicide. Well, when players are really bad and then they leave and they're immediately good, that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL because usually there's so much parity that you kind of are what you are after the first couple of seasons, right? Yeah. Uh, the Jets make that exception. This is exhibit A of what you're talking about. Zach Wilson, the guy, they, they were in on him too early. We all knew, I mean, a couple of weeks after the ball games, right? We knew that he was going to be the pick. There were other things that any other team would have really vetted out everybody else. 
And this kid, I mean, when you look at him statistically, I know everybody's going to look bad. I know he's a rookie. 55% completion percentage, two TDs, seven interceptions, 15 sacks, 51 rating. We don't know if he's good or not, but he's not going to be good after this. He's going to get beat to death. He was not the right pick. They didn't vet him out. It's just more of the same. I don't think that the Jets, you know, we talked about this when we played the Lions last year. Some of these teams don't deserve – it's not fair that these players should have to go to these teams because they are – when you're inept for 30 years, it's – you know, it's just more of the same. It's unfair. And I don't think this kid should have been picked second. You watched him play last year. I mean, he was kind of fun, but he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the build. And I didn't really think down the field he had the arm. But they fell in love with this guy, and now he's just – it's it's that hard to watch thing. It's just, just like we saw with Darnold. I mean, uh, yeah. It's not I, fair. It's no. It stinks. It's bad football. It's terrible for the league. They let it happen. And I, you can't sit – I mean, obviously it's easier to say it now. But even then, you can't sit here and tell me that they really thought the talent level of Zach Wilson was over the potential of Trey Lance, was over Mac Jones – Heck, even over Davis. Well, good. Well, Wilson to me is more like a Derek Carr, although uh, he wishes he was as big as Derek Carr. Is like he would be like an early second round guy, really, because he's got a little spunk to him. But he would need to sit a little while. No, second, and you go to a bad team. Landon said it well. You go to a bad team, and you do nothing for him. Nothing. The Dolphins did that to Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill obviously had talent. You don't just magically wake up one day when you're like 27 years old and you're like the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, they beat him half to death. I mean, I get tired of these bad teams doing this these players, and even if he shouldn't have been second, they, it's still just an unfair situation. We'll digress, but we'll say this. Uh, we're going to see these guys Sunday. We've talked about them historically. They've looked really bad the first three games, I think. Tell us, Landon, you're really good at this, uh, off the cuff. List quickly and um, and what they play and, how, and what we might see from them Sunday. What are the five best players for the Jets? Well, caveat, one of their top five, maybe their best player, Marcus May, the one good defensive back they had, has gone on IR for the short term. The defense loses another good player. Number one would probably be Quinn and Williams. Part of it is he's not a traditional pass-rushing defensive tackle, but he gets consistent pressure. He's good against the run. As a team, for how bad they are, they're strangely mm. okay on defense, and their strength is the run yeah. defense. Right. But Quinton Williams, Corey Davis, even though he had an abysmal week three. Just, he had an abysmal week three, but I don't know if it was his fault, but I don't want to interrupt he, you because. Yeah, yeah, he had a few drops, but it's also just that whole team is just so so shaken. Third would probably be... Fully Fatuski, their other defensive tackle? Right. Just That's like the one area where they're actually good at. Right. Yeah, and they've got Sheldon Rankins there too and Shaq right. Lawson. So they've got a couple guys. I'm trying to decide, like, is best player, like, the talent? Yeah, like who Se- Titans Se- fans want to look for. Like, well, I well think, these guys stink. But what, yeah. like, I was going to put like, Zach like, Wilson, but he's been just so bad. I was trying to think, is no, his I think talent you have to and put, potential no. worth the caveat that he's been, like, the worst starting quarterback so far? Oh, yeah, and C.J. Mosley was going to be on my top four. So it's pretty much a bunch of front seven run defenders. Yeah. Corey Davis, because he's their only halfway def- decent offensive weapon. Right. And Zach Wilson, just because he's got some interesting stuff going on. Right. So that's their that's their five. That's When you're having to like kind of reach for your fifth guy, and we were like that for a while where it was kind of tough to name our but you know you're in trouble. Because I think we could name – you know, when we're maybe – you can debate us as a Super Bowl contender, but 
we're a good team. I mean, we're a playoff team. We we go 15 before we start having that sort of conversation. Like, well, he well, he's interesting, right? And that's the thing. It's the depth. And, that, and that's where I go back to the front office and ownership is they don't build a team. They have no vision. They don't build around anything. Uh, you were talking about, uh, big fellow, you were talking about Trey Lance and Mac Jones. We don't know if these guys are going to be good, but those were perennially good teams right. that were waiting and shaking and taking risk. You know, it's just the absolute opposite of what the, yeah, those the teams Jets are doing. Those teams aren't doing this dance every year like the Jets and nope. the Jags are doing. <clears throat> and there's a reason, you know. They have they have strong teams and they have one down year, and then they get the player they want and they get back up to form. Landon led us into this question, but big fella, if let's say we lose this game or get into trouble with this game, I would think it's because their one strength, that that front seven, goes against our strength. So uh, I asked you guys this last week. Um, if we get beat, it's because they find a way to stop the unstoppable Derrick Henry, and then we don't have our receivers to kind of compliment our, our our quarterback you know we're already looking at a potential game without julio and without aj brown josh reynolds up in the air you're looking at you know our fourth fifth sixth receivers playing the game and that to me is concerning um hopefully things will work out and maybe we get reynolds or uh, reynolds in action for the first time and maybe maybe julio at least in a limited fashion how would the Jets beat us Sunday? Our secondary gives up a few big plays that we have been able to do in the past. Elijah Moore's status is still up in the air. Probably unlikely with concussion, but they do have some guys that can maybe sneak behind the defense. So Zach Wilson does his best disappearing act. He somehow only takes three sacks instead of the seven we're probably going to get on him. And then on, on offense, same thing, just having pretty much the practice squad receivers and tight ends out on the field. We have a couple turnovers like last week where Tannehill and Henry don't do anything wrong, but the guys just aren't really supposed to be out there. They play nine in the box, already stacking up their good run defense, and they say, hey, throw one-on-one to Nick Westbrook and Chester Rogers, even if our starting cornerbacks are the worst in the NFL. Uh, big fella, you just look at this roster, and you just know how many top five, top ten picks they've had. It's like, where do they go? Like, where is the talent? on this team you know they play them and uh this will be at home one of the most important parts uh is that defensive line we could suffer from like you said that receiver uh issues uh, just some injuries lack of depth and of course they could anybody can get off some good pl- big plays on us uh, i don't think they're going to systematically push the ball down the field on sunday the jets but i mean there could be some big plays i mean that's both of you are right i mean that's that's how this game could get ugly. I don't see that. We're six and a half point favorite, like you said, up up in the Meadowlands. Uh, we should take care of business. We've got two winnable games, and then we get into a really difficult schedule. Good teams drop games against some bad teams, but mm-hmm. the last two weeks has showed me, right, big fellow, that we really learned from playing a good team. We really kind of circled the wagon. I hope so. I think you know, as a Titans fan. I get worried sometimes that we have a tendency to play down to our opponents. And I think that's a possibility. And it terrifies me every year. And it's no different this year. I like to think we won't. I like to think Vrabel is kind of ushering in a different era where we're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think we totally have, with our backups, the tools to win this game and decisively. So, 
Landon, let's, uh, we're going to have to have a long conversation, I know, about this. Uh, tell us about uh, the latest tight news this week from practice, and tell us about who we may or may not see in this game. Hard to talk injuries. A.J. Brown, all but certain to be out. He's not officially out, but he's week to week. There is no way we play him against the Jets. He didn't play all last week. Bud Dupree, back-to-back, do not plays. I expect since Rashad Weaver broke his fibula and our edge depth is looking really bad, We'll have the same scenario as last week where he's active, but he didn't play and he's only there for emergency situations. Caleb Farley, probably another week where he's out. Our cornerbacks have been good. Their receivers are really bad. So there's he's not going to play. Then Lawan got a little bit of load management. He's back. He had his by far his best game. He's looking a lot more comfortable. Then Big Murchison, back-to-back DNPs. I would expect him to play, but he'll be limited. Fulton is in. And this is really the big one just because I had this infatuation with special teams. Brett Kern is probably out. We signed Johnny Townsend, who was a failed Raiders draft pick, to the active roster. Not practice squad, active roster. So no Brett Kern. We know last year, that first game against the Colts, some special teams punter miscues really sold a game we should have won. So that's another avenue where we should be worried. And outside that, we should be good to go. Jayon is fully healthy. Derrick Henry is getting rested. Saffold and T.R. Tartar in, so... It's pretty much the usual sus- the usual suspects that we expected. A.J. Brown, Julio Farley, all but confirmed, I would say, to not play. Bud Dupree, probably not as well. Mm. So yeah. our, our wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and our second best edge rusher. Well, is Dupree our second best edge rusher? Because Ola Denny is actually good. Yeah. Situationally, he's really maybe, – maybe in one play, he's been our second best. Right, Big Fell? Yeah. I saw a stat through – Two weeks in, it's really three weeks since Dupree didn't play, but he's only been charted with three pressures so far, which I understand, like, he makes his money in the run defense. He gets pursued, but it's just... Right, let's see it. <laughs> right. No, that ain't going to cut it's, it, because I, he hasn't I, been I, on the field yeah. that much, but yeah, woof. You guys knew I wasn't a fan of the signing of him. Well, you see the logic, but it was always going to be a risk with his injury stuff, and then, of course, with the, the team that he played with, the, the role that he was in, now he's the man, and we... Need to see him on the field, and hopefully it'll it'll turn out for us. Uh, I'm excited for this game. It's interesting uh, just because it's hard to get really super up for the Jets. But I, I think about it. I don't think about the Jets a lot. And when you study the team and you look at it, you just feel sorry for the fan base. And the NFL does so many things well. But a lot of what they do well, I think, just kind of falls in their lap. They have got to do something about these bottom five teams. They don't realize how good this league could be because it's such a juggernaut, because it's America's passion. If they were to do something about these bottom five teams, it would just be such an even bigger deal. Um, I know that seems intense and maybe a little harsh, but I just, you look at them and it's just, they are not run even like we are. And we're not like a, we, we're not the team that won six Super Bowls in the last 20 years, but still, it's just night and day how they're run. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, honestly. ESPN did a really cool thing today about Shohei Otani, who is a baseball player that pitches. He's a starting pitcher and uh, he's a cleanup hitter uh, for the Angels of what if uh, football players got to play two ways? Who on each team would be kind of the best two-way player? Who that we see on the field as a starter could you also see on the other side of the field? Uh, They picked Julio Jones and said because he's played a little deep safety and prevent. I don't know if I agree with that, but it does make an interesting question. If these guys were two-way players, what current Titan do you think would be kind of maybe the most versatile uh, player if they played both ways? We'll start with you, Landon. 
I mean, just dubbing on me, going in blind. <laughs> I, I think Julio, Julio is the obvious choice. I do think he would be like a good strong safety, but I'm just trying to, I don't want to go that route because that's boring and obvious. Plus he's actually done it. I, I, I read that list too. A lot of the names were like guys who have done it, which is kind of lame because right. you're kind of cheating. Like he's already done it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you to you like this big fella. Uh, which one of those offensive linemen do you think could situationally get to the quarterback? Uh, I think if Lawan were healthier, uh, just with his athleticism, uh, you could see him being a pretty good interior guy. Uh, what about Henry as a pass rusher? I don't know if I buy that. As much I mean, as I he's love, big enough. He he surely is big enough, and you know the size isn't the question. It's just the ability to move the way he would need to. Because Henry, yeah, he can be great, and he can fa- he he can, he's great and fast when he he needs to be. I just don't know if he has that immediate quick twitch. Yeah, he doesn't um, have any stance to to right. bull rush somebody off the edge or to pull to hit a spin move or a swim move. I don't see it with Henry. Go ahead. And he loses his greatest weapon because he can't because it'd be illegal hands to the face if he tried to stiff arm an offensive yeah. lineman. As intense as you two follow this team, I think it's telling that you guys can't really think of a good answer for this. What it tells me is this game that they play is so specialized, right? that as good as Henry is, he's, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player, that you can't see him really do anything else on the field. That's the kind of game this is, right, John? I mean, that's what makes yeah. football unique, right? Well, and that's why for years I was always getting so aggravated at everybody who just made the assumption that, oh, yeah, Tebow can come to the league and play tight end. Like, no, he's a quarterback. He doesn't right. want to play tight end. It's not an easy transition to go from a quarterback to a tight end. You have to block, and, like, obviously we saw that happen. He couldn't right. make the Jaguars' active roster as a tight end. Like, what's that telling you? No, it's a very, true. very hard game. It is. It isn't that easy, and people want to make it, but they didn't play. Yeah, when I think two-way player, honestly, I, it makes me wish that – I've told you all this before. A.J. Brown was our backup running back. Maybe not in the traditional sense, but he got involved in the running game, you know, four or five carries a game in really weird, unique ways. Because I think in space – uh, even close to the line of scrimmage, he could be really good. Or I, I do wish that Rashawn Evans, you know, rushed yeah. the passer more. That's when I think two-way because you just can't imagine these guys rotating around very much. Well, and I, I think it's a good thing about our game. It just underscores, like you said, John, of how unreal you have to be to make it at one or two things. Just how unbelievably talented you have to even get on the field. Well, and it is funny you brought up Evans because as I'm sitting here thinking through the people, he's one of the the guys I think could do both ways. You know, it's not really a huge, like, glowing endorsement when you say a linebacker can play fullback, but that's what I think he can do and play a lead, like a lead blocking fullback. But that isn't – I don't consider that transition to be like, oh, you you excel at linebacker and you can, you know, you can do something different. I literally would just line him up as a fullback and just say, hey – Go yeah. smash the living bejesus out of that linebacker out there, right. and make room for Derek. Like that's that's why. Like, and he plays linebacker like that too, right? So I, I can still in my mind, if I close my eyes, I can see him literally just making a huge goal line stand against the Patriots in that playoff game, fly, like flying in like a bullet. And that's what I'd want him to do is at fullback. So, um, but yeah, it is such a specialized game, and it's so hard to get to this level, let alone succeed. At one position. You know, we used to always talk about Adoree Jackson as a receiver when he came out, but he's not on this team anymore. He's a guy, but only situationally uh, where you could see, you just like to see him with the ball in his hands in space, right? So 
Um, yeah. But it is interesting that is there's not a, you would think there'd be some obvious things, but if you read this article, you know they just in the middle of the week, I guess they have to have content. But <laughs> there's there's nobody that you look at and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's there's nobody because guys kind of are what they are. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is amazing, but if he were if he would have been an amazing running uh, an amazing receiver, he'd be an amazing receiver. If DeAndre Hopkins would make a good safety, he'd be you know. Right. He'd be a safety, but he can catch, so he's not. <laughs> I will give it my best shot and actually try and justify it. Okay. Racy McMath as an edge rusher, because he's got, he's got the height, weight, speed model. He's like, he ran sub 4'4". Four, four. He's big. He's like 6'3", 220. He looks like a mini Janu. I think he could put on weight. He could, up, he could get up to 240, which is the lower end for like specialized speed rushers. He could maybe... I could see a world where... He bulks up and he just becomes a high-energy rotational pass rusher because the guy can't really catch the football as an edge rusher. That's okay. <laughs> Plays with a lot of energy, a lot of heart to make special teams. You got to have that. Oh, so you could just be a guy where you put him on, like what we used, like how we used Correa in the divisional round against Baltimore, where it was just you keep contain. You if if the guy steps up, you come in to sack him. Just a high-energy athlete that can just that will play his heart out as long as you play him. So I like that one, if nothing else, because it's really out of the box. I really like that one. Uh, guys, looking around the NFL, what jumps out to me this week is the Houston Texans traveled to Buffalo. The Bills are 17-and-a-half-point favorites. Ooh. And I have seen the Bills play this year. I have seen the Texans, although they, they show a little heart. Um, a lot of people don't know. Their head coach is from Sparta. I mean, he's a Middle Tennessee guy. He played at Vanderbilt. I'm glad that he's got an opportunity, and they play, especially if they can get Tyrod Taylor back. They're not talented. In fact, they're probably the least talented team in the NFL, thanks to their predecessors uh, at coaching the front office. But um, they play with a little heart. I, I have to say, I admire that. And as bad as it could get for them within a certain game throughout the season, 17 and a half is still. I mean, is it? This isn't college, Big Fell. These are. And yeah, half, these- 17 and a half is a lot, right? Yeah. It's a ton of points. I mean, I don't remember if Tyrod Taylor went on IR with his most he, recent injury. He won't injury. be playing. It's it's Davis Mills. Season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the only way they can have that line. If it's Davis Mills and, you know, uh, a hobbled Brandon Cooks. Because otherwise, I, well, I mean, they, they obviously can't. They don't think that the Houston defense can stop a nosebleed. It's got to, I mean, play all your bills. Landon, what do you think about 17 and a half? When I look at point spreads and I think about betting, I understand like how they, how they set it in relation to like how good we think this team is given a variety of factors. But I also look at it as like, what's the percentage where I can see a world where this team wins by that X amount? And I can see a world where the Bills win by 18 plus. I mean, they won by like 20 on the Washington football team, who's a lot better. Like 17 point favorites historically almost never work out. Right. And even even the Bills, like in Josh Allen's rookie year, were like a 19 point favorite, and they won. So that's success, and I understand like the Bills are hot, Josh Allen is hot, the Texans, even though they've shown a little heart, their only one is against the Jags. They lost like the one good thing they had going for them in Terod Taylor. I get it, but that's just that's a sucker's bet. I might take it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're begging people to take that, but you're right. You can see where they just beat the brakes off of. And you say it well where Vegas is saying they're not only are they trying to 
hit a line, they're trying to entice people to to bet one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, because you right? you 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 maybe see like three of these a year. Because it has to be like the it has to be one of the hottest offenses in the NFL yeah. with big names going up against a just complete dumpster fire. Double digits is very very rare, and that's really something. Of course, Sunday, Big Fella and I were at the game. Landon's off in college, but um, uh, we had several friends join us. We tailgated. We just had an amazing time. Derry came. Now, Derry's moving, so he wasn't able to be with us on the show uh, last week or this week. Uh, we uh, wish him and his family well as they moved from Austin, Texas to Dallas, Texas. But we just had an amazing time uh, with, uh, with lots of friends and family. It was one of those weird games, uh, Big Fella, where beautiful weather, Everything went so great. You get in there, you kind of half expect us to play down to competition. We never did. Now, we were only up a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We didn't put our big boys back in. It looked like they could have gone back in. Having won that game, it seems like we trusted our depth. Oh, yeah. It was very weird, you know, considering, like we mentioned, with how much we've spent on Bud Dupree and how much, you know, we are we have invested in Julio and for that matter, how much we have invested in Tannehill? Like, you know, get the guys out there that he can throw to. Um, so that was concerning to me. I think it was a, I, you know, I've talked about Vrabel and an ego on many, many of our episodes. And I just think, you know, the guy, he, he, has, he always has something to prove. Gonna, you know, he's going to prove to you that Derrick Henry is going to run over your face. Or he's going to prove mm-hmm. to you that we've got guys all over the place that can do this. 27-10, I think they get in a garbage touchdown. Harold Landry finally gets a couple sacks. He's tied for second in the NFL with pressures right now, one behind the league leader. Ola Adenia, I think, also gets some sacks, so it's going to be fun to see our edge rushes do that. I would expect to see a lot of Jeremy McNichols, because once we get up two, three scores, I think we'll start resting Henry, just because the Jets aren't the Jets don't have the firepower to come back when we're up that much. And just low man Henry, so I'm like, he's on pace to shatter the NFL record for carries per game and touches per game, which is going to be great because he is on pace to to go over 2,000 again, break Dickerson's record, and break Chris Johnson's scrimmage yard record. But the records are nice, but I want him to be ready for the playoffs. Yep. And and another thing is, the MetLife Field is just cursed. Like that is that's actually the biggest thing I'm scared about this game is that just a lot of injuries seem to happen. Like, last year, the 49ers played back-to-back games. They lost half their team to injury in that two weeks. I just want to see, like, platoons, like in hockey, just get the win. I don't care how ugly and gross it gets. Get the win. Stay healthy. Get the heck out of New York. <laughs> Seems like we're already in that mentality, even even last week. Uh, Big Fallon, you want to see that. You want to see a, a team that, that's that's thinking run, right? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I hope that's what ends up happening. You know, we've waited so long. And, you know, we had a little taste of it getting to the AFC Championship game. I can still remember sitting in your apartment watching us beat the Ravens. And we're all sitting there looking at each other. Oh, my God, we're going to beat them. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was an unreal feeling. And, you know, I mean, I, I've already got my kidney on the black market for when we do hit the Super Bowl um, <laughs> to get those tickets. And uh, I'm... I'm going to be there come hell or high water, and yeah. I can't wait. We've talked about that forever, about, you know, if your wife would let you or if I would have to dip into my 401K to bring Landon with us. But you know what? That would all work out itself. Yeah. Um, and uh, we still have that dream, and 
you know, after week one, it was just was not pretty. The team, we don't know how good this team is going to be, but they have showed some resiliency, and we're certainly excited. It's Greg Gumbel and whoever his color guy is. It's like the most bang-up average commentary group you can get, which is fine because we're down all our stars. We're going to be running a ton. We're just going to be trying to grind out the clock, and the Jets are awful. So, I mean, it, it, it's fine. I understand where they're coming from. And we have some primetime games coming up that will leave it. And at least we aren't the Bills and Texans. And this <laughs> m- might be reflected in the uh, line, but they get Beth Malins. And it's just, she's just like the epitome of like all the fakeness of announcers. Like if, I, if we had them, I would legit just probably meet my TV and listen to Red Zone <laughs> <Yeah>. instead. <laughs> right, it's true. And, um, and it feels like wrong to say because she's the only female like lead announcer that does college and NFL games, but it's just well, maybe she, she'll get better with some time. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. It's kind of like they can't come up with thirty-two good quarterbacks. It's amazing that they can't come up with sixteen really good announcing duos, right, Land? That's surprising. Yeah. Well, and, I'll and, tell you. And when they do get good announcing duos, they don't put them on the best games. Like for the third week in a row, Gus Johnson is calling the game. Somehow he's on Lions Bears. Like, I understand it's like it's Fox. He can't be on CBS, but like, why are you wasting Gus Johnson on Lions Bears? Well, guys, I'll tell you. I, I don't. I don't remember if I asked you this last week, but have you guys watched the broadcast with Peyton and Eli on yeah, Monday Night Football? Although, I, I wish they would polish that up a little bit. It is good, yeah. and I like it when they get down when they. When Eli has a little Tony Romo in him where he explains stuff, like that's what he was looking at, that's what he was seeing. Um, they need to polish that up a little bit, I think, when they practice. And I think it will absolutely – it has so much potential. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all know Peyton has it. But those moments where Eli shines, I mean, the two of them are just fantastic together. And I have watched every Monday night broadcast with those two and all their guest stars, too. Like, when they were on with Brett Favre, it was hilarious. I mean, just all the all the stuff. It was perfect. And the way they they get excited, like you said, like Romo, and they're calling plays. And, you know, I don't, I don't think they're right as many times as Romo usually is, which is weird. But it's just great. And a breath of fresh air. And the NFL's doing something new. Well, I'm Big Phil. I'm sure you're just absolutely distraught because... The Manny broadcast, I, I believe it's off air the next four weeks. They don't come back till week seven. Hey, better to get out of the way now than you tune in, you get excited, you feel good about watching Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, two goofballs that happen to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of the smartest to do it. Well, Peyton is smart, Eli is charismatic, we can put it that way. <laughs> and then you turn it on and it's just, it's gone. ESPN2 is putting on the Senior League Volleyball or something. <laughs> All right, Big Phil, you never gave us a prediction. I'm sure it's going to be outlandishly pro Titans. Ooh, man, I think Titans 165, Jets 4. No. <laughs> you really think we no. give up two safeties? Absolutely not. Um, realistically, I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 35 to 17. I think you 17 know. points. Yeah, it's going to be garbage time points. <clears throat> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think we're going to get a, I think what'll happen they'll score once early and then we'll kind of just we'll set and establish the tone and then we'll probably score 35 unanswered or let them sneak a field goal in there between there and then that last touchdown's garbage time touchdown. But I think it'll be decisive and I think kind of like what you said, I think by fourth quarter 
we'll be resting Henry and everybody will be okay. And we'll see a lot of McNichols. Maybe we'll see some McMath out there running routes or uh, maybe they'll bring up Mason Kinsey on Sunday. Who knows what will happen. But I think, I'll tell you what, if Julio and AJ are out, I need to see Josh Reynolds. We didn't pay him for nothing. I mean, we paid him almost nothing, but I get the sentiment. Yeah, he's got to get out there. Same with Marcus Johnson. He was designated to return from IR. It's up in the air if he'll be back now. I think it's a three-week window. But that's actually a storyline that just says how bad the Jets are. Like I'm I'm just really excited to see all our young guys just get to play some. Like, Racy McMath, I think, played like 40% of our snaps last week or 25%. He's going to be at like 70 this game. <laughs> and Mason he might actually get an NFL snap. He might get an NFL touchdown. The young guys get to have some fun. No one gets hurt. Oh, yeah. And Logan, I mean, Logan Woodside, yeah. we'll see what he's got. Ooh, wow. Okay. Maybe. Hey, <laughs> hey fourth quarter, even if it's a 10-point game, go ahead and rest Tannehill. Get him out of that uniform. Yeah. Get him comfortable. All, all right. right. That, fair, fair enough. All right. That's all we've got for you guys. Hopefully, in three days, we'll be relaxing on the couch, watching the Titans grossly but assuredly beat up the worst team in football. Because right now, as I'm watching, the Jacksonville Jaguars are actually showing signs of life. They have a heartbeat. They're they're beating the Bengals, sadly, but that's not going to last very long. The Jets, if the Jets are beating us at any point in the second half, we're all going to be feeling a little queasy. Oh, yeah. Good throw up. But until then, good vibes only. We're going to advance to 3-1. and one. And then next week, most importantly, it's Derrick Henry versus the Jags. His favorite matchup and my favorite matchup. It's been too long without a 200-yard game. Let's not look at it too much. Until then, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.